0: Hi everybody, and welcome back to NeuroPod, a series covering Neuralink and related topics. My name is Ryan Tanaka, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about some of the major milestones for Neuralink up until this point. Since Elon is so publicly facing with his other ventures, it seems like Neuralink just kind of gets pushed under the rug. But as time passes, I think it'll be really fun to see how the company is growing and what awareness they raise in society. I'm most excited about Neuralink's future than any other company. The prospect of a remedy for Alzheimer's and or decreased limb functionality is just super inspiring. Put yourself in the circumstances of somebody who has decreased ability to walk. Or maybe they just have difficulty grabbing objects in daily life. Or maybe they have severe paralysis. It's no guarantee that Neuralink will develop a fully functional remedy, but I believe the prospects are pretty good. How amazing would it be to help 1 person, 2 people, 10 people, or even 100 people regain an ability that they once likely took for granted? Based on the California Secretary of State's business search, Neuralink was formally created around 4 years ago, on July 21st, 2016. LinkedIn currently shows that there are 82 employees, so assuming that that's a slight undercut, the company has around 100 people, which is not very big. However, at every public event, and nearly any time Elon speaks publicly about the company, he emphasizes that the company is hiring and looking for all-star talent who are wanting to make a big impact on solving real-world problems. For reference, Neuralink currently has 31,000 followers on LinkedIn, SpaceX by comparison has more than 1.3 million, that's 40 times more, and Tesla has 6.5 million which is almost five times more than that. This may not be the most precise way to measure awareness in society, but it wouldn't surprise me if five years from now, Neuralink is as well known as SpaceX and Tesla are today. Recently, I've been digging through the information flow from mid-2016 to now. And this doesn't relate directly to the technology, but this was the first thing that I found that was kind of interesting. Neuralink, the trademark, was originally owned by a different company. There's a couple of startup partners, one was a professor and one's a medical partner at a hospital. And those two guys are probably kicking themselves right now, because in an MIT technology review article, it says that these guys didn't know who they were selling the Neuralink trademark to. And after they had agreed, they found out it was Elon Musk. That happened at the very beginning of 2017. And then a few months later, there was a pretty big release of information for the company. This came in the form of an article from Tim Urban of Wait But Why. It's a pretty lengthy article, and by pretty lengthy, I mean when you print out the PDF, it's 196 pages. Despite being pretty detailed, the article is actually really well done. It's called Neuralink and the Brain's Magical Future. It has a bunch of pictures, and it helps bridge the gap between those who truly understand the details of the brain. Versus people like me who are currently learning and benefit from a little bit more help with pictures and easy to understand words. If you have a spare minute, or 500, I highly encourage checking it out. Tim Urban and his articles on Wait But Why make complicated concepts less intimidating. He uses humor and pictures to make the topics a little bit easier to understand. For easier access, I'll include the link in the show notes below the video. Tim's article is pretty thorough, so it's worth referencing in future episodes, and therefore I'll be discussing sections of it pretty frequently. Okay, so moving on to exactly what Neuralink is doing. Neuralink has one primary ambition, to merge man with machine. Elon Musk tweeted about this, saying Neuralink's mission statement is, if you can't beat them, join them. In order to address the concern of artificially intelligent beings taking over, The team at Neuralink is developing technologies to connect human brains with computers. Elon's been concerned about the rapid progress of artificial intelligence for quite some time. In fact, he's often stated it's among the top issues that we must address as a human race. In an interview conducted by Axios, Elon specifies that the way artificial intelligence could destroy civilization is the same way that we as humans once destroyed the habitats of primates. So it's not necessarily that the artificially intelligent beings would choose to kill us, but instead, they could treat us in the same way that we currently treat pigs. We tend to confine them to a designated habitat, but we also tend to leave them alone without much unnecessary slaughtering. Okay, replace pigs with turtles. If the future unfolds a little differently, artificially intelligent beings could treat us like how we currently treat ants. If they're not bothersome, most of us won't go out of our way to kill them. But if they're a nuisance, we'll squish them and think pretty much nothing of it. And this is the future that we're hoping to avoid. We don't want some infinitely smarter being to treat us like we're worthless. So staying at or near the top of the food chain is worth prioritizing. By connecting our brains with computers, humans will have intelligence and functionality unlike ever before we'd essentially have the digital cloud in our brain. For example, one day I go down to the kitchen. I make breakfast and sit down with my grandma as she was reading the newspaper. After a few bites, she asked me what a tur is. I also don't know what a tur is. So like anybody with internet access knows, I I take the following steps. And these steps are actually really in, they're really detailed and pretty long. So I'll list them out here. First, I pick up the phone. Second, open the browser. Third, think about an appropriate way to search. And then I type that query with my two thumbs into the search bar. I find the pertinent result and then retrieve the information, which says, a tur is a wild goat native to the Caucasus Mountains. I have to process that result in my brain after seeing the visual input, then synthesize the information into a way that my grandma can understand. The ninth and final step is to vocalize the answer. A tur is a goat that lives in the mountains in southern Russia, near the country of Georgia. Now contrast this list to a brain equipped with a mature brain machine interface and an equally powerful supercomputer like our phones. The list is super short, it's only two steps. You just have to think about the question and then share the result. Obviously, this difference is pretty significant. And the difference becomes even more substantial with increased scale. If we're able to have 24/7 access to any of the files we want and the cloud, I don't see how it's possible for anything to be smarter than us. Hence the Neuralink mission statement. If you can't beat them, join them. However, this situation is pretty far down the road. Before we see a fully functional brain machine interface with few issues, there's an immense amount of work that the Neuralink team needs to complete. So let's move on to how this might work. Our brain is our body's primary tool to process information. That information is coded in the form of electric signals, called action potentials. The magnitude, frequency, and location of these electric signals provides most, if not all the information we need to know what the brain is doing. Although this is quite an oversimplification, I think this is a good relatable example. Let's say Mike grew up in the Chicago suburbs, and he's planning on going downtown, and his buddy says to meet at the corner of Michigan Avenue and Ohio Street. Mike's brain is then going to fire off a series of action potentials of varying location, frequency, and magnitude, and these electric signals will enable him to develop a generic layout of downtown and think about exactly where those two roads intersect. If we could repeat this process countless numbers of times and determine exactly which specific signals indicate what the brain's doing, we can replicate these signals for someone who may have lost their memory of what downtown looked like. Neuralink is working on this by building out a handful of different technologies that must work well together. One major tool they're creating is an electrode thread. Electrodes are used to measure electric signals and the current thread iteration has 32 electrodes per thread. These threads are much smaller than the width of a human hair, so it's not possible for a human surgeon to just use their fingers and implant these threads into a patient's brain. As such, the Nurling team has developed a surgical robot that has micron scale precision. Just so we can continue to appreciate how cool this is, I think it's worthwhile to compare how much less invasive this is in relation to comparable surgeries. In these surgeries, the process is usually very invasive. The patient's on the table and has a pretty large hole in their skull. A surgeon would place the electrodes by hand with significantly less accuracy than a robot and with much greater likelihood of damaging the nearby blood vessels. The process would also take an order of magnitude or two longer. So this robot is custom made by Neuralink for Neuralink, and that feat alone is pretty remarkable. Once the robot has placed the threads with the electrodes in the appropriate locations, the signals need to be sent to a chip to be analyzed. One of the challenges with recording of the signal information is that it's really difficult to distinguish between the signals and the noise. Noise is the undesirable information. And we can imagine this in the form of a professional singer in a recording studio. If the microphone were able to only pick up the desired voice and no background noise, that would be a pretty incredible microphone. In the case of the electric signals, the noise is really difficult to get rid of. However, one method of differentiating between the two is to amplify the signal and then find the spikes and then use machine learning to figure out what the noise typically looks like. So going back to the singer and microphone example, it'd be like recording a song and then looking at the audio track waveform to see what the wanted sound is versus the unwanted noise. If you first increase the volume of the entire track, then it's much easier to distinguish between the sound and the noise because the difference becomes even greater. So then you remove the noise and if you repeat that process thousands of times, you can become really good at distinguishing the difference between the two. And this is no different from a computer. When programmed correctly, the computer can use tons of data about tens of thousands of neurons firing, and it can learn to separate between useful signal and unwanted noise. After the noise is filtered out, a chip processes the signal spike information and converts it from analog, which is like a waveform, to digital, which is zeros and ones. And this chip is also custom made by Neuralink. It's only four millimeters by five millimeters. I should emphasize the brain is obviously pretty small and complex. So being able to perform these functions in a pretty harsh environment where you need materials that won't adversely affect the brain and in such a small space that needs to be commended. There are also hundreds of millions of neurons. So recording signals from thousands of neurons simply isn't enough. And based on the public communication, it's pretty clear that the Neuralink team is aware of this. So I'm expecting that when they give their update on August 28th, they're gonna announce great improvements on all fronts, including inserting a higher volume of electrodes in a shorter duration of time. So how might this technology be used to help with Alzheimer's or somebody who's paralyzed? Someone with Alzheimer's has too much of a protein called beta-amyloid and these protein clump together and block communications between nerves within the brain. There are several different approaches being explored for how to eliminate or treat or reduce the effects of Alzheimer's, and these are all pretty different. Thinking about prevention versus reducing symptoms after the fact often results in very different outcomes. Some are hoping to prevent additional plaque from building. Some want to eat up or remove the plaque. And others have found that some people may actually have Alzheimer's, but never notice its effects because the other connections in their brain compensate for the block connection. Specifically, if the brain is trained enough in a variety of different ways, we may not notice a broken or block connection, just like a regular muscle on our body. If we strengthen the tendons around a specific area, then we may not notice if there's a deficiency in one particular spot. We can also think of this like a spider web. If most connections are built strongly, it's not a huge issue if one of the main connections is broken. However, if the primary connection breaks and none of the surrounding connections are strong enough, the web falls apart. Similarly, it's apparent that someone has Alzheimer's if surrounding connections aren't built up. My best guess for Neuralink's approach is to use machine learning to identify which signals can best compensate for a blocked connection and then strengthen those connections. The situation is obviously not the same for a paralyzed patient, but the tech used to treat the patient can start pretty similarly. After years of research, the scientific community has found that paralyzed patients are often able to think about a movement in the same way that a non-paralyzed patient would. Those electric signals from the neurons can be used to stimulate movement. This is already being done in many cases. However, the data being used is not as granular as it could be. Neuralink is aspiring to have orders of magnitude more channels of data and then use this data to help a paralyzed patient move more precisely. This is a similar situation to what used to happen with TV boxes. Remember when back in the day we used to have big TV boxes and somebody would say, just hit the back of the TV if it wasn't working? and then all of a sudden it might start working? Well, we didn't really know why, and it would be much better if we had a precise way of diagnosing why the TV wasn't working. This is similar to what's been happening for paralyzed patients. Sometimes we can help them, but we don't exactly know the reason why, and even if we do know the reason, it's not very specific. So Neuralink's aspiration is to move this technology to a point where the patient has fully regained naturalized movement where they can't tell the difference between now and prior to being paralyzed. Going even further, it's possible that with the level of detailed data that the team's gonna get, a person will be able to speak the words they wish and regain any lost mobility. Not only can they receive information from the brain, but the team has also made sure that information flow is bi-directional they can send information back into the brain. When current is passed through an electrode, the nearby action potentials fire. And if done at the correct magnitude, in the correct location, a formerly paralyzed hand, for example, could be stimulated. The achievements announced so far by the company are super duper cool, and I'm really excited for what they're gonna announce next. If you're interested in learning more about Neuralink or the technology, there are a few resources I highly recommend. First, of course, please consider subscribing here, as this is a series all about covering information related to Neuralink. Also on Neuralink's company website, there's a video summarizing the progress until July 2019, plus a research paper about the tech from Elon. Also the Wait But Why article that I referenced earlier in the episode by Tim Urban is extremely good. Lastly, Elon's appearances in an Axios interview and a couple of Joe Rogan podcasts have some great tidbits of info. That wraps it up for this episode. This is Ryan Tanaka. Thank you guys for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe, like, and follow at NeuroPod. Also, if you're able to support via the Patreon page, I'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks again, and see you at the next episode coming out next Wednesday.